This session is the 14th out of 200 on private equity, and let's pick up where we left off with confidentiality agreements and term sheets. So it's good practice, um, this is just review, to separate a confidentiality agreement from a term sheet because a party uh, may need to conduct due diligence on non-public information before disclosing the term sheet. Uh, term sheets often take a long period of time to negotiate. Uh, confidentiality agreement clauses can be quite lengthy. And if the parties decide to forego a term sheet and do not have a separate non-disclosure agreement in place, then information can, can be disclosed without any contractual protection. In any event, if the parties do include a confidentiality agreement in the term sheet, the confidentiality agreement should be binding because many term sheets themselves are not binding, right? On the other hand, if the term sheet is negotiated after the confidentiality, confidentiality agreement has been signed, the term sheet should declare that it does not supersede the non-disclosure agreement. If, P, if a PE team member right, is drafting the non-disclosure agreement for a publicly listed firm, she or he should consider addition consider adding a standstill agreement restricting the buyer from making unsolicited bids on the firm and ensure that the terms of the agreement comply with the confidentiality exceptions to Regulation FD under the 1934 Securities Exchange Act. The PT member should also keep in mind, though, that while non-disclosure agreements can be helpful, they cannot prevent wrongfully disclosed information from being undisclosed and generally only provide monetary damages in actions where a party successfully provides that a confidentiality agreement has been breached unless a clause providing for injunctive relief has been included in the contract as well. Agreements are typically drafted to include the seller's business information, uh, the seller's trade secrets, uh, derivatives of the seller's business information, uh, the fact that the parties are discussing a transaction and the status of the negotiations, and the actual terms of any potential transaction while excluding information that was already in the recipient's possession, as well as information that was independently developed by the recipient without the use of the confidential information, uh, information that was or became available to the recipient through a third party, uh, not bound by a confidentiality agreement or other fiduciary obligation, uh, information that was or became available without a breach of the non-disclosure agreement, uh, information that must be provided to a bank or other lending uh, source to secure financing, and disclosures that are required uh, by your state, um, the federal government, or in some cases, uh, international law. And I want to put that in brackets because some PE practitioners just don't believe in that. Uh, non-disclosure agreements can also extend to third-party representatives of a contracting party. Here, the recipient will typically be responsible for unauthorized disclosures uh, by its representatives. A special set of disclosure rules ought to apply um, in matters where the buyer and the target are direct comp compet um, competitors, right? So here, if there is certain information among the parties that is rather sensitive, the parties may consider signing a separate non-disclosure agreement with much more specific provisions and controls on the disclosure of that information. Among those non-disclosure agreements that are limited to a set term of years, the contract um, usually lasts one or two years. Um, disclosing parties also need to guarantee that they have rights to the return of their confidential information on the termination of negotiations among the parties uh, at the end of the agreement term or at any time upon the disclosing party's request. In the alternative, the parties can stipulate to the destruction rather than return of the confidential information to prevent the buyer from disclosing its own confidential information. Document recipients also have a penchant for including clauses that permit them to hold on to disclosed documents to satisfy the firm's document retention policy. Of course, um, PET members must also, include, must also include an entire agreement clause, an assignment clause, a choice of law, jurisdiction, and venue clause, a notice revision, and an amendment and waiver clause. 
In addition uh, to these provisions, the parties can consider including clauses stipulating um, no representations or warranties are made with respect to the disclosed information until a definitive agreement is signed, um, a clause preventing the buyer from hiring the seller's employees for a certain period of time. Uh, if the target is publicly traded, um, you can include a clause preventing the buyer and his representatives from buying or selling the firm's securities if they have material non-public information. Uh, you can include a clause preventing the buyer from forming a group of bidders who participate in an acquisition collectively. Um, a clause could be included preventing uh, deal announcements unless the press release is agreed to by both parties. Um, you could have a clause clarifying that no licenses are being granted in the disclosed information. And finally, uh, you could include a clause requiring all the contracting parties to notify the other contracting parties if there is an unauthorized disclosure under the confidentiality agreement. And that concludes uh, this 14th session out of 200 uh, on private equity. And the next session, uh, we'll talk about mergers and acquisitions. Fun topic, right?